Hello and welcome to Hot Issues of the Week, a weekly feature covering the major news headlines of the past week in Korea. I'm Kuhi Jin. Thanks for tuning in. Seoul and Washington conduct air drills with US strategic assets. South Korea saw better production, consumption, investment in 2022, but outlook remains grim for 2023. And the nation lifts most indoor masking mandates with last remnant rules expected to be lifted by May. These are the hot issues. Stay tuned. A day after the visiting Pentagon chief Lloyd Austin pledged to increase the deployment of U.S. strategic assets in the region, the Allies conducted a joint aerial exercise involving strategic bombers and stealth fighters. North Korea fired back by threatening the toughest reaction. Pejian reports. Seoul and Washington conducted the year's first combined air drills over the Yellow Sea on Wednesday, involving U.S. strategic assets such as the B-1B strategic bomber as well as F-22 and F-35B stealth fighters. Seoul's defense ministry said on Thursday that the latest exercises displayed Washington's will and capabilities to provide strong and credible extended deterrence against Pyongyang's nuclear and missile threats. It added that the Allies plan to further strengthen joint training involving U.S. strategic assets to increase the South Korean people's faith in the U.S.'s extended deterrence and solidify the Allies' capacity and posture in response to the North's threats. The exercise came a day after visiting U.S. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin said there would be more deployments of Washington's advanced military assets in order to fulfill its security commitment in the region. Hours after the drills, the North's foreign ministry issued a statement threatening the toughest reaction against the U.S. for seeking to expand joint exercises and to deploy more strategic assets in the region. Accusing Washington of driving the security situation on the Korean peninsula toward an extreme red line, Pyongyang said the dangerous scenario would turn the region into a huge arsenal and a more critical war zone. The White House, for its part, rebutted the North's claims that the combined military exercises between the U.S. and its regional partners serve as a provocation against the regime. According to Reuters, a spokesperson for the National Security Council said the U.S. has no hostile intent toward the North and, in fact, seeks serious and sustained diplomacy to address issues of concern to both countries and the region. Pigeon Kibis World, Radio News. President Yoon Seung-yeol also met with the Pentagon chief on Tuesday and exchanged views on the security concerns on the Korean Peninsula. The U.S. extended deterrence and trilateral security cooperation between South Korea, the U.S. and Japan. During that meeting, Yoon reportedly asked for consultations between Seoul and Washington to produce an effective and strong extended deterrent system that can dispel the South Korean people's anxieties over the North's escalating nuclear threats. Meanwhile, South Korea and the U.S. staged yet another air drill on Friday. The South Korean Air Force said the Allies held the latest exercise involving U.S. F-22 and F-35B fighter jets and Korea's F-35As with the goal to improve interoperability. It said the maneuvers demonstrated Washington's unmitigated prowess and commitment to the defense of South Korea. Foreign Minister Park Jin and U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken held talks in Washington on Friday and reaffirmed the two nations' goals of denuclearizing the Korean Peninsula. During a subsequent joint briefing, Park touted that 2023 marks the 70th anniversary of bilateral ties and vowed to expand their alliance beyond political, military and economic partnerships to include technology and culture. 
Turning now to the economy, South Korea saw an increase in on-year production, consumption and investment last year, according to latest government figures. It was a triple rise for the second consecutive year. However, amid slowing exports and weakened domestic recovery, coupled with inflation and high interest rates, a grim outlook is being forecast for this year. Kim Soyeon reports. According to Statistics Korea on Tuesday, the nation's industrial output last year rose 3.3 percent from a year earlier. This came on the back of an on-year jump of 4.9 percent in 2021. Production in the mining and manufacturing industries expanded 1.4 percent, while the service sector saw a 4.8 percent on-year expansion. Retail sales increased 0.2 percent on-year, as did facility investment by 3.3 percent. While the three major indicators of production, consumption and investment all rose for the second consecutive year, suggesting a recovery in industrial activity, the most recent monthly data suggests otherwise. Industrial output last month fell 1.6 percent on-year, the biggest margin in 32 months. Facility investment dropped 7.1 percent in the same period. The cyclical component of Coincident Index, which paints a picture of the current economic state, fell 0.9 points, as did the cyclical component of the Leading Index, a glimpse of the future, by 0.5 points. Attributing the declines to slowing exports and weakened domestic recovery, the government pledged to execute projects worth 340 trillion won in the first half of the year as a supplementary measure. Meanwhile, the International Monetary Fund forecast that the South Korean economy will grow 1.7 percent this year, down 0.3 percentage points from its previous outlook in October. Kim Soyeon, KBS World Radio News. South Korea's exports shrank some 16 percent on-year in January, declining for the fourth consecutive month. According to the Ministry of Trade, Industry and Energy on Wednesday, the country's outbound shipments dropped 16.6 percent from a year earlier, standing at 46.27 billion U.S. dollars last month. Outbound shipments of semiconductors, a leading export item, plunged 44.5% due to a slump in chip prices and demand. Imports dropped by 2.6% on-year to $58.95 billion. This has resulted in an all-time monthly high trade deficit of $12.69 billion. The nation has logged a trade deficit for 11 straight months since March last year. The nation's indoor mask mandate was lifted for most locations in the country on Monday. Mask wearing is now only required at high-risk facilities such as hospitals and on public transportation. But health authorities forecast that even these restrictions may be lifted by May, should the virus situation continue to improve. Richard Larkin reports. Starting 12am Monday local time, authorities scrapped the indoor mask mandate for the first time in 27 months, for all locations except high-risk facilities, such as nursing homes, as well as hospitals, pharmacies and public transport. This means mask wearing is recommended, but not required in places like indoor sports facilities, schools, discount chains and department stores. It is, however, strongly advised for people at high risk of infection, after having contact with a COVID-19 patient or those with symptoms, inside closed-off high-density locations, or when there is group singing or cheering. The government has also urged seniors aged 60 and older to get booster shots and the public to continue to follow basic quarantine rules, such as washing hands and regular ventilation. 
Jung Ki Suk, the nation's chief advisor on infectious diseases, said he expects the nation to be ready by May for the second phase of mask mandate lifting, in which mask wearing will not be required anywhere. Authorities have previously said the second phase would be adopted after the infectious disease alert level is revised down from the highest level of serious to the second highest level of vigilance, or third highest caution, on its four-tier scale, and when COVID-19 is adjusted to a class 4 disease. Richard Larkin, KBS World Radio News. And that was our final episode of Hot Issues as we bid farewell to this weekly segment. From next week, we'll bring you our career book club instead, so stay tuned. I'm Kuhijin, signing off. <laughs>